Bienvenidos a Sociedad Gamer, eh, con ustedes aquí estoy yo, Juan Carlos Vargas. Y yo soy Luis Montaña. Hoy tenemos un invitado bastante especial en nuestro episodio. Eh, y vamos a hacer este episodio pues en inglés porque esta persona es de Inglaterra. Es un game developer y pues vamos a hablar entonces con él. Uh, hi, uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, we actually don't, uh, don't know your name, we just know your, uh, your like Reddit username. Yeah, no worries. Well, uh, my name is Hugh Millwood. And uh, I'm the developer of um, Warsim, the realm of Aslona. Okay. Uh, welcome to Sociedad Gamer, which is in English like Gamer Society. We're very, very glad to have you here today. Thank you. Uh, would you care to tell us a bit like about yourself? Maybe uh, are you a game developer? Do you develop games like on the side? Or how, how is it that you came to, to make, like to, to create this game we're going to talk about today on the, on the episode? Yeah, no problem. Gracias por invitarme. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm. I mean, I, I never really. I've always wanted to be a game developer, man, when I was a kid and stuff like that. But it was never really um, a thing that I thought was going to happen. And I learned C plus plus, which is you know, it's a it's a fairly common programming language. And I learned it just to sort of make little side things and and practice and stuff. And I started working on this project, um, maybe like 2015, maybe even a little bit earlier. So quite a while ago. And it was just to sort of practice like really basic programming and nothing else. And after a while, it, it just kept growing and it started becoming a bit more like a game, but it still wasn't really like it was still missing stuff. It wasn't really that fun, but I was adding more and more features. And after about a year, I put it up on Steam, uh, not on Steam, sorry, on um, on itch.io and Reddit and stuff like that on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And um a handful of people, not really many, but a few people were sort of playing it, maybe like 10, 20 people. And some of them had feedback and said, hey, you know, it'd be much better if you did this or that. And they were always right. Like almost everything they said was a was a very good point and something that I'd missed. So over time, I tried to add as much of that as possible and listen to as many of the people who got involved as, as I could. And eventually um, I took a risk. It sounds it's kind of stupid now, but at the time I paid, I think it's $100 to put the game on uh, Steam Greenlight. And um, mm -hmm. yeah. they don't even do green light anymore, but now you just get in for free. But um, yeah, I put I put the money forward and I wasn't really sure that it was going to be a thing. I was pretty certain that it probably wouldn't, but they let us on just before Steam Greenlight ended. And um, it was the best decision ever. And basically since then, I've sold about just over 20,000 copies of the game on Steam over the course of um, the two or three years it's been online. Um, Great. Which, like, I suppose in the scheme of, like, major games isn't much, but, you know, for, for a little indie, man, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not complaining. No, it's it's great. I mean, congratulations. Thank uh, you. Man. When I saw the game, uh, we saw that, yeah, yeah, you were um, telling us a bit that you, uh, the, the game has sold more than 20,000 copies uh, with a 96% positive review ratings on Steam, which is, like, uh, a big deal. Uh, it might seem small, but uh, I... I think for us, and especially here in Colombia, where game development is still like in really, really early stages, right? Uh, that's a, a very big number, and uh, congratulations on that, that you, achievement. Um, so, is is that like your first and only project? Like, like you started with that, um, and as you're telling us, it started the, uh, evolving, and it has become what it is now today. Is that like your first? big development or game development project it's pretty much is yeah i mean i've had like some side things that i've worked on in the past but since war sim came serious i uh, i didn't want to really focus on anything else so i've been trying to to work on it as much as possible and it's been five years in development and it's still still in early access but you know hopefully 
when I keep working on it, make it better and better. And then eventually when it's finally released, um, who knows? <laughs> Focus on some other games then maybe. But yes, yeah, the first one so far. So so how long have you been have you been developing games? Uh, you told us that you started like at 15, 20 years old. I don't know how old uh, you are right now. So how, how long has it been? Uh, oh yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think I started making... I don't know if I'd really say games, but like I started working on sort of game projects um, mm -hmm. when uh, a lot of like, you know, flash games and things like that, like yeah. th those sort of games, but th but like really bad ones, like they kept getting deleted from like Newgrounds and those sort of websites. Like I tried to make games like that, but I don't think I was good enough at the time. And uh, yeah, so so I've been sort of working on on and off games for a long time, but it's always been like a, a pipe dream that I've never really focused on. And it's, it's, it's just kind of happened, really, in the last five years. Okay. So now you can, can you tell us a, a bit more about the, your, latest, or your latest and your game, like the game, uh, Warsim? Uh, we already know that uh, it has more than 20,000 downloads on Steam, as we, as we previously said, uh, with a 96 positive review ratings, which, as, as we told you before, like, congratulations. That's Thank you, man. Really, really amazing for us. Uh, but can you tell us a bit about the game? Yeah, for sure. Uh, tell us a bit, like, uh, what made you create that particular game? Uh, why? Because it's uh, it's a uh, it's an uh, a very particular uh, genre of game. Right. Uh, so, can you tell us a bit, like, what made you do the uh, what made you create this game? Uh, how did you came up, uh, come up with the idea? Anything you want to tell us a bit, and maybe uh, explain to us uh, in what uh, Warsim consists. Yeah, sure. Um, well, it, it's quite a weird game, really, because there's a lot of really different things in there that you probably wouldn't piece together normally, but they sort of all mold together into one big sort of game world. So, I mean, it started off, and when I first made it from, you know, 2015, it was literally just um, a, a combat simulator, right? So it was like a hundred skeletons against a hundred soldiers or something really basic like that. And it was that was all it was, was just... Um, those troops against the the skeletons and afterwards i i added the arena which is where you can sort of see individual combat between various different fighters and from there it expanded out where there was a world you can explore and diplomacy and other kingdoms you can speak to and hundreds of locations and then i added a um a procedural race generation system for sort of fantasy races and there's about 94 million different fantasy races you can have in the game that all have different gameplay effects and they look different and play differently. Um, there's a throne room where you can speak to to the people of your kingdom who who sort of come to you and want to ask you questions and, and maybe want to join your army or tell you a joke or maybe they need help. And so essentially you're you're the ruler of a of a random kingdom in this in a in a sort of weird, crazy random world. And your goal is to keep your kingdom surviving. But there's usually going to be a point where you can sort of do what you want. So, you know, you could you could be an evil ruler that destroys everything you see. You can invade people and enslave them. You can you can be a good ruler that everybody loves and and can free people and and help out and make friends and have alliances. Um, it's pretty much anything you want. And most of the time, when people have suggested things that they think would make it better and would improve it, I've added those things and it's kind of expanded the game out kind of in a weird way. So someone <laughs> someone had a really good idea that they would love to raise monsters, right? Like pet monsters. And it's kind of stupid for a game that's kind of like, you know, a kingdom management game, right? You don't, you don't have pet monsters. You don't need that. But 
but it's not a bad idea. Like it's quite funny. So I thought, like, if you're an yeah. evil king, maybe maybe you do want to have like a little prison thing with like monsters in it that you can mm-hmm. use to kill people and stuff. And so I worked on that for a month, and um, I added a thing where you can upgrade your kingdom and add like a monster pit. You can have trainers. There's 50 different battles. There's 30,000 different procedural like monsters that all have their own like fight moves and stuff. And so that that's an example of like some of the weird features that are in the game. But everywhere you go, you'll find new things every time you play, basically. And it's, it's a kingdom management game where I've tried to make it so that you can really play how you want rather than a lot of games where it's a kingdom management game, but your only options are to like fight or to build stuff. And that's pretty much it. You can't have fun, you know, like or, or do weird yeah. things. <laughs> So it's a strange one. And 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 how how did you get the the idea for for this or what pushed you to make this particular game? Like were you uh, previously uh, an avid gamer? Did you like maybe uh, Dungeons and Dragons or were is there any like a background or any um maybe a story that that you can tell us about what made what made you uh create this game in particular like a kingdom management game? And uh, which has become uh, something like so maybe like uh, open-minded and, and full of, of different uh, ideas. Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, well, I think to be honest, it's, it probably came from a bit of frustration from the games I was playing. So I'm a massive, massive fan of games like Mountain Blade, um, Dwarf Fortress, um, and, and King of Dragon Pass. Loads of games like that, and all of them are amazing games in their own rights. But there are some things where you know, you play a game and you're like, oh, I wish I could do this. And sometimes mods can make that happen, but sometimes they can't. And sometimes there's not enough things that a mod can do to make it the, the game of your dreams. And I think like after playing a lot of games where you're in charge of a kingdom, I just got frustrated that I couldn't do certain things. And, you know, I couldn't execute people that came into my throne room or hire some person who came in playing a guitar and making my court wizard or court musician or whatever. And all these different things you want you, you want to do, but you can't. And I, I just wanted to basically make it so that you could do everything um, as much as possible and, and make my dream game. Although my dream game probably wouldn't be ASCII, um, to be honest, but <laughs> it, it's just yeah. how it's been, like how it's gone. But I don't regret it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's mostly just come from the fact that I, I'm a massive, massive gaming nerd. And okay. it's been all of the games I've wanted to play. I've, I've taken inspiration from every game I've, I've, I've loved, basically, and tried to to build a game that encompasses all my favorite parts of them as best as possible. Although it's definitely okay, not great. any of those games. <laughs> <laughs> but could you, could you uh, maybe um, uh, give us like three or four games that you, you think you told us uh, you were a massive uh, fan of a uh, banner Lord mountain blade. Right. Um, could you tell us a bit like uh, maybe three or four games that are like your very, very best favorites? Yeah, a hundred percent. So my favorite games would probably be um, elder scrolls, oblivion, um, mm-hmm. elder scrolls, morrowind, um, Mountain Blade Warband, um, fantastic game, especially the mods, man. Oh my god, I've got three thousand hours on that game on Steam. Like, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, single player, like not even a multiplayer game, which is usually how those hours rack up, right? Um, yeah. And um, oh, as as for a, a fourth game, I'm not really sure. I mean, the, those three I really love, but I mean, I guess the Fallout games those are really are good. Your three. Okay, those are your three like main main games. I would say, yeah, uh, really love them. I'm just curious, why Morrowind and Oblivion, not Skyrim? Um, well, I played Oblivion before I played anything else, and, and Skyrim wasn't released mm-hmm. at the time, and oh, I really fell in love with Oblivion, man. And then I checked Morrowind. Like, it's it's kind of weird because Skyrim is awesome, like n- no doubt, like it's an amazing game. 
and there was something about oblivion's atmosphere and like the the mods and stuff mm-hmm. it was such an awesome game and then you go back and play morrowind and the combat is a bit weird like i'm not really a fan of the combat but you can fix that with mods um although you, you get better as the game plays on or whatever but morrowind is so free compared to like skyrim like in skyrim it's like you talk to someone and it's like go here and kill this thing follow this dot right follow this quest marker in Morrowind, it's like there's a guy over this hill near a tree. You have to walk down three roads and there's no markers, no nothing. It's really hard. There's No one is protected. If you kill them, you can just ruin the game and like make it so that you can't win. Like There's a lot of really cool things about Morrowind that um, didn't carry forward, I don't think, so much with the future games. Although they're all good in their own right, you know, but... Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I totally understand. The, the Especially like the ambience yeah, in, yeah, uh, in Oblivion. It's really, really different from... At least from Skyrim, yeah, man. which is like more like a more uh, cold maybe game. I don't know if, if you get the like the gist of what I'm trying to. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's a it's a weird one that that atmosphere differences, but I think Morrowind is probably the best out of the three for for the environment because Morrowind feels like an alien world, whereas Oblivion is just like standard castles and stuff. And yeah, you yeah. know, it's all the yeah. same I stuff we've Morrowind. seen before. You should check it out. I haven't maybe. played more. I, I don't know if Luis has. has no, have you no, played? I, no, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely one we, we need to check out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've got a couple more questions about your game, uh, especially like the development process. Uh, can you tell us a bit like about uh, hurdles or obstacles you had to overcome uh, when you were developing your uh, your game, Warson? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm trying to think of, of some of the biggest problems because it's not been terrible. It's not been too hard. I think there are sometimes um, things I'm trying to add um and and sometimes they can be a bit of a, a pain in the ass to program but usually it's been pretty easy um because i, I think i I've, I've gotten to the point now i think when you're programming and when you're practicing and learning all these things sometimes you find a problem that it, it literally makes you want to tear your own face off right but <laughs> once you finally solve it when you find the same problem again you know how to solve it right you've already fixed it and after a while of sort of getting the same you know working in the same environment and doing the same things multiple times you get to a point where you're familiar with the sort of things that can go wrong and you become a bit better and more skilled at dealing with those things. And every now and again, I have to add something new that maybe is a bit outside of my expertise. And that can be a bit of a problem, but I think it's just the way programming is. It's just naturally like how it's going to be. Um, I think probably the biggest and most difficult thing has been um, has been the community management and the marketing. Um, it's been more of a learning curve, but I, I think I'm getting on top of it more so now than ever. Okay. But obviously, as like a real indie developer, there's, there's, it's not just programming and, and sort of game development. But if if you want to obviously get your game out there, there's you know you have to market it to people and you have to manage the community and stuff. Unless you can pass yeah. that on to someone else, and a lot of people don't realize that like there's more to it than that. You can't just release a game and be like, okay, let's see how it goes because <laughs> yeah, no yeah, one will see it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's probably been the hardest part. Sorry, mate. Go on. So you're a single developer, right? I am. Yeah, just me. Have you had any help developing the game, like in, in artwork, maybe in the music or something? Oh, or? yeah, you yeah, know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have helped. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like hundreds of. Uh, I've had people send me sound files to use in the game. I've had people draw me some of the ASCII artwork they've they've come up with and ideas. I've had thousands and thousands of people send me like ideas for for things to put in the game that have gone in or find bugs and things like there are people that will send me like lists of hundreds of bugs they found like that they've been looking for through their playthroughs and i'll try and fix them all like you know but i've had a lot a lot of help from mainly from the community to be honest mainly from people who've who've already been interested in the game and want to help more so 
yeah, definitely wouldn't be as good. It wouldn't be even remotely as as decent as it is without those people. Hundred percent. That's Great. pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Finally, my my final question, and here's like a bit. Uh, I'm gonna pass you like the Python to to Luis. It hasn't talked uh, uh much. Okay. Uh, like I'm not I'm not a game developer. Uh, I'm not a programmer. Nothing of the sort. But Luis here, uh, he he is a software developer. If I'm not mistaken, uh, correct me if I'm mistaken, yes. Luis. That's awesome. Uh, but he also he he has uh, or he has been in recent years starting game development. Uh, bits and pieces. Nice. Uh, being put together uh so like as i told you uh in the beginning here in colombia game development is still in the like really really early stages um would you have any like recommendations uh for aspiring game developers or those just starting out in game development uh any like maybe tips or any hints or any any piece of advice you'd want to share uh for any anyone that's that's hearing the, the, the this this episode Definitely, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I mean, it, it's it's awesome that there's even the the seed of a potential industry there. You know, what I mean, like the the idea that people are getting into game development and and want to start it. It doesn't. Like, I think the the most amazing thing about the internet. I mean, we're having a conversation right now. I'm in Wales, and you you guys are in Colombia. Like, we're far away from each other, but we're we're chatting. <laughs> it's no problem, right? It it doesn't matter where you are. Like. When, none of us are in the the central place where most games are made, which is either Japan or America, right? But we we can still do it. So, I think really the only thing that holds anyone back is is getting into it, trying things. And I think the the most important thing that I've learned has been like if you can get anyone to play your game at all, listen to like what they say. Because I thought when I was getting into game development that most of the people that would be um, suggesting things most of the comments would be stupid right most of it would just be like dumb ideas and things and i'd probably just ignore them or whatever but so m like literally 99 of what's being said is being said by people who are interested who have played it but have an idea and so many times like what they're saying is, is actually usually really good points and i found that listening to them has allowed me to make a game that's so much better than i could have seen myself right and could have come up with my own my own mind because no one no one knows like really how to make the, the most amazing stuff But when when you listen to more and more people and take on board as many ideas as you can, sometimes you get a bit of scope creep where it can make the game take a bit longer to make. But I think it definitely makes a better product overall uh, by repeatedly listening to the feedback that you're having. So any any feedback you can get, like it's a really good tool, I think, to to help you build a build a, a better game. And I mean, the games industry is huge, right? So there's there's always more more seats at the table. So it's it's pretty awesome for there to be more people working on games anywhere in the world. Uh, I wish there was more people doing it here, to be honest, in Wales, because we've got very few people, really, I would say. It's mostly in England. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I would say probably the biggest thing would be listening to to the community and trying to build that as much as possible. But okay. but I think, yeah, man, I think just, just sticking to it, man, would be... You know, the... Great, great. Everything you you've learned uh, for specifically for game development uh, is it self learned or have you taken any courses, any type of uh, maybe not 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 particularly uh, formal education, but maybe any online seminars or any game jams or anything of the sort? No, it's literally just been purely from uh, self taught and and the internet and Google and stuff like that. Really being okay. the the main help. Yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty impressive to be quite honest 
Great. <laughs> so, you, Luis, man. I don't know if you want to talk about a bit in uh, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. particular uh, game development side. You're, you're, <laughs> you have more expertise in this than me. And, well, here we are with a, with a person has a, a game that has sold more than 20,000 copies. So, Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the questions I had were sort of touched uh, during uh, Juan Carlos' uh, interview, let's, let's say. And... Uh, I mean, I'm really, really impressed. Like, congrats to you, man. Thank you, man. Uh, I mean, even from just like learning from an, let's say, amateur uh, background, uh, I think C++, it's it's quite complicated to start with. Um, yeah, it's a bit so of a yeah, pain. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like super impressive. Uh, I myself, I'm, I'm a um, software engineer. Uh, I've always loved games. Uh, but like every time I keep going it just like uh you know it you it gets in your way that maybe yeah. you could be doing something better and better and yeah. like you're never satisfied with yourself and or at least that's the case with me um so yeah like i find your story really inspiring because it's mostly like you started out with like the simple thing and kept adding things and kept adding things whether like how I approach projects is like I start making them and maybe I don't like them too much. So I just stop and pick a new one. Um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, really awesome. And I might try to put that into practice on, on my ne next project. Uh, one of the things I find the most interesting here is um, the way you handle uh, the community. And uh, are you hearing? Are you hearing? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, like, usually, since, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, like, fr from college, I'm an engineer, I'm, like, we have these things, like, very, like, ingrained in our minds re regarding scope and, and you know, right. uh, handling times. So, I find it pretty impressive for you to, like, constantly keep updating the game. And not only based on things that you yourself think, but uh, things that the community uh, suggests to you. So uh, my question would be like, how does that process work for you? Do you, use, do you just have like a pool of ideas that you keep receiving from the, the community? And then do you like <laughs> yeah. uh, sort them out in the ones that are more feasible? Uh, I don't know. That's actually I'd a really like good question, to... man. I've never been asked that before. Um, now I've got like the way I organize it. I've got a massive, massive list that had at one point, I think over a thousand ideas in it. And obviously like if I was going to do all of those, it would probably be like for the next like 10 years, like so many ideas. Yeah. <laughs> so at one point I decided to to go through this. Like I took every idea that I thought was a good idea. And whether it was something I thought of myself or something that was mentioned on Reddit or Steam or Discord or any of the places where the games community is. And I went through them all and basically tried to say either something that I thought was too irrelevant for the game. So maybe something that I could think about working on in the, in the future, maybe once it's released from early access, mm -hmm. um, things that I thought maybe weren't relevant at all and just removed them. Um, things that had already been added in, in some form, cause that did happen for quite a few things. And then ideas that I thought were really good and that I think would be essential for the complete game. And so I shrunk that list down to about 200 things and I'm still working on that now. Um, but okay. I do try and keep on top of it. So my my sort of 
I guess, motto to myself is that I want to reply to every single comment, Steam review, anything that's done by anyone about my game. I don't want anyone to to talk about Warsome and not have a response from me, you know? So it's it can be hard sometimes, but luckily I'm not at that point yet where it's too much because it's not it's not that popular, you know? Like it's it's most I'll get maybe like five, 10 comments a day that I'll, I'll be replying to or like reviews and things, but it's still manageable. So I try and keep on top yeah, of it, but yeah. quite often, obviously, there's new ideas and things. So I, if they're any good, then I try and get them done sooner rather than later um, okay. and sort of work through that list. And I, I break them down into categories um, where I can. Mm -hmm. So if I find that there's, say, 20 different ideas about the arena, then I'll take all of those ideas and and look at them all together and think, OK, do, are, there all of, are some of these the same? How do these work together? And then I'll come up with an idea for one update. And then when I finally get to the point where I can do that, I'll spend a week or two um, trying to program those things and maybe ask um, the community specifically for ideas, more ideas around that that area. But sometimes that's like asking for an avalanche, right? So uh, <laughs> so sometimes I, I just go with what I've got already from, from the current ideas. And then I, I try and um, I work on it almost every day, to be honest, um, when I, whenever I got mm -hmm. the time. And I just do a bit of programming, keep an eye on what's been done. I always try and remember who suggested the idea. And I put their name next to the thing that's been suggested in my change logs. So they, you know, they get the, yeah. the credit and you see the same names all the time, you know, if they're helping out. And <laughs> yeah. I, I generally try and um, release an update every once a week, maybe, or something like that. But there's no like set time. So it, it's still as and when I feel. So if things are going on here and I need to go out or something happens or I can't do it, then it's fine. But I try and do it as often as possible. And I find that it, yeah. it definitely keeps people engaged more. Uh, Steam is really good for mm -hmm. it because when you release an update, they show your um, the, your game in the recently updated, which is the first thing people see when they look at their, their library. So it's quite helpful to update things regularly and be working on it often um, with nice juicy updates that catch people's eyes because I think it, it makes people realize, you know, there's a lot of work going on in this game and it's not just some you know, random early access thing that, that isn't being worked on. Yeah. It definitely helps with the image and stuff. But I think that's that's mainly how I do it, sort of systematically going through these gigantic lists of ideas that have built up over time and and one day hopefully reaching early access uh, release. But we'll <laughs> yeah, see. Well let's let's hope let's <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. <laughs> that's that sounds really, really interesting. And yeah, from what I've seen the the community part, it's like a vital part of like of indie game development oh, definitely. Like if you can definitely. reach certain like minimum mass i guess that's what you would call and it that's, a, that's a really make... good word for it actually i've never heard that before but that's yeah <laughs> that's a that's a great way to yeah. like define that yeah minimum so, mass yeah that, that's that's really impressive um now regarding the most the more formal let's call it uh the game development world have you been like have you uh how to say it uh discussed about the game with other game developers has anyone like um i don't know reached you to uh collaborate or to uh uh maybe give you some feedback or have you asked feedback from other uh game developers i don't know yeah 100%. how do you approach that well I mean, as we're talking right now, right, this happened because of because uh, of reaching out over the internet. And I think any opportunity really to talk to other people in the, in the field is is always a valuable time. So I, I try my best. If I see people on Reddit 
um, is a pretty good yeah. one. If I see someone on Reddit and they're a game developer as well, and I can tell it's their account, um, if I like what they're posting, I'm, I do try and message sometimes and have a talk. And and sometimes you sometimes you have a brief talk to someone in in Reddit messages, and sometimes it's something where you talk to this person for years then, you know, and, and they can say, Oh, Hey, I know someone who's doing this, who, who can help you. Or, um, I I've got some contacts in the press and stuff. So like, you never know how it's going to go, but I think it's always, it's always good to try and network and communicate with people. And it is, it's surprisingly easy to do, you know, cause there's, it's not like you have to go and see anyone in person, you know, it's the yeah. internet is, it, it can reach everywhere. Right. So it's, um, I try my best to, to sort of uh, speak to as many people as I can when I see them about when I'm on the internet and stuff. And I've had plenty of people reach out to me as well. Um, but usually it's primarily people who have already played the game and who are like, you know, enjoying the game that maybe have some ideas or maybe they are a game developer and they want to send me a copy of their game or something. Um, but, but yeah, so, um, where I can definitely try and, uh, try and network and stuff. I've got a I've got a question in mind, which is uh, you, you were telling us before that, that this game has been evolving throughout the years as, right. as people have uh, like um, given you um, ideas and feedback. So the game is like always evolving. Yeah. When exactly uh, do you think you'd know the game is ready to uh, release uh, out of early access, like to come out uh, in its definitive state? Like when, as a game developer, would you say uh, you know you've got the game? ready uh, or when would you know uh is it ready to come out of that early access stage right um well i've got a couple of sort of really important features and um some things that i'm planning to overhaul um so there's one or two things that i'm not really happy with yet and um a lot of i wouldn't say i've been going backwards but there have been times where there have been features in the game that after thinking about them a while I realized could be done a lot better. So I've, I've tried to sort of build them up a lot bigger and, and, and change a lot of things about them and, and not really rebuild them, but, but expand them as much as possible in, in different ways and stuff. And lately in the last year or so, I've, I've definitely done more of that than just adding random stuff. I've definitely done more sort of rebuilding and, and making the game better in areas that I didn't think it was. So there's not too many of those left. So I think once the, the remaining things that I think need to change are changed, and the remaining handful, maybe 10 or 20 major feature updates um, that I think will will build the the game as as the sort of ultimate version of what I need it to be. Um, I'm I'm gonna release it, but I'm I'm gonna try and routinely check every now and again, you know, where I'm at on the process to to releasing from early access, and hopefully within when when I'm maybe six or 12 months away from def definitely sort of releasing it from early access, I'll start. Um, making it more clear to the community then that we're on the road to to full release and and sort of actively be working to build up a, maybe a bit of a hype around it and stuff. Um, but for the time being, it's it's sort of still a bit of a mess of, of development, just sort of working on what I feel like and and slowly trying to crack on with the things that need to be done. But okay. But luckily, I'm I've uh, the 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 really good thing about Steam is I'm pretty much able to do it. Like I'm being funded at this point to develop with no end goal right because the early access money is still enough for me to survive so I'm, i'm not really in any rush but I'm, i'm gonna try my best to get it out of early access eventually anyway great great and i know it's it's uh kind of early to ask this question but sure. would you maybe have any idea uh after having released this game in a couple of years time uh would you have any idea or any wish list uh 
maybe let's call it wishlist of any other game or any other project regarding game development you'd like to uh, work on? 100%, yeah. Um, so I don't. I try to not think about it too much and daydream while I'm working on Warsim because because I've still got a while to go. But I uh, I do have one game idea that I want to pursue in the future, and I'm thinking rather than do it sort of solo, um, I might hopefully with with a bit of funding um, actually set up a team and work on this game. And it, it again is going to be another one of these sort of passion projects. And I, I'm worried that my style of game development might not work when it comes to actual budgets, funding, and paying people. Where this is a game that's going to be developed for years, adding all sorts of random stuff. Like, but hopefully, <laughs> yeah. I'll be able to find some balance, and uh, and my next project will be be a higher level. It it won't be an ASCII game, so it's it's going to be more a more sort of graphical, um, wider mm -hmm. appealing, hopefully, game and less niche. Um, but hopefully the lessons I've learned in making Warsim um, will pay dividends, you know, and, and really help make the the next game, you know, even bigger and better. But I'm I'm definitely not going to abandon Warsim until you know we're we're finally there over the last hurdle, because I think that's important. Luis, anything else um, you'd want to ask? No, not really. I, I think uh, most of the questions have been asked. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, I mean. Uh... That's sad. So we're like uh, in 35 minutes. Yeah, we know you, you've got to go like in 30 minutes time, uh, as, as you you told me before. Right. Uh, so we, we wouldn't uh, want to like, um, like rob you more of, of, the, of your time. <laughs> oh, I mean, no, it's, it's been a, a great, a great interview, a great meeting you also. Uh, as Same we said you. before, we're very thankful for you to um, have accepted our invitation to be on our podcast. And... I mean, I think I speak for both of us when when we say we wish you the best of luck uh, in Thank this you, uh, in this game development process and the best of luck with Warsim. Uh, I haven't played it, uh, but it's something I'll de I'll definitely try it. I'll definitely try it out. Um, have I sent in a you couple of months? Have, time, I, have I sent you guys huh? copies of the game? What have I sent you guys copies of the game? Because. I mean, if you want, but yeah. we, we, we wouldn't I'd, have any I'd, problem. I'd rather support you. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather support you too. I mean, oh, uh, we know game development's hard. So, I mean, it's it's uh, it's no problem for us uh, buying the game. Uh, so means a lot, I think we'd rather support you. But thanks for the offer, man. Thanks a lot for the offer. Yeah, we'll definitely check it out. Well, well, thanks so much for having me on here as well. Like, eh, bueno, pues espero que les haya gustado mucho esta entrevista que tuvimos en este capítulo o episodio bastante especial. Eh, con el desarrollador de Warsim eh, aquí yo me despido mi nombre es Juan Carlos Vargas y yo soy Luis Montaña 